Think back to the last few days or the previous week. How often did you feel the pressure of information overload? In the UK, for example, since the results of the EU referendum were announced, the media has reported extensively on the implications of this vote for young people, EU nationals, Brits living abroad, the industry, the job market, the national health system, and that's on top of everything else happening in the world. Do you ever feel caught up on the news? This is what we'll talk about in this week's podcast. I will tell you about InfoMagical, an interesting experiment from Note to Self, a podcast produced by WNYC Studios. And we'll also hear from the host, Manush Somarodi, about how they got some 30,000 people to fight information overload. I don't know about you, but as a journalist, I never feel caught up on the news, even though I spend large portions of my day reading articles, and not just those directly concerning my field. I have tried to solve the issue mostly by setting aside a certain amount of time during the day, where I would only sit and read and do nothing else, or by using apps to help me filter through the information, such as Pocket and Nuzzle. So when I came across InfoMagical, a five-day experiment designed to help people cope with information overload, I quickly signed up for the week starting June 27th. I took a quiz to establish my goal for the week, to be more caught up on the news, but there are other goals to choose from, such as being more creative or spending more time with your family and loved ones. From Monday until this past Friday, InfoMagical sent me daily texts setting one task per day. Each morning, I received a text with a link to a short podcast where the host, Manush Somorodi, would explain the day's challenge and why it mattered, often interviewing technology experts, academics, authors or scientists. The challenge is including doing one thing at a time, decluttering my phone's screen of useless apps and avoiding a trending topic or issue everyone was talking about. InfoMagical would check in later in the day asking me to rate my feeling of information overload, less, more, the same. And there was even an automated call in place if you wanted to leave a voicemail to share more about your experience. InfoMagical crowdsourced data and stories about how people cope with information overload. And I reached out to host Manush Somrodi to find out how the idea came about. So the way that we came up with the idea was in 2015, we did our first big engagement project, which was called Bored and Brilliant. And that was a week of asking people to put down their phones, rethink their relationship with being connected all the time, and hopefully jumpstart their creativity. And the response that we got from that was so enormous, and tens of thousands of people actually shared their phone data with us. And people also started throwing us ideas. They started telling us about some of the issues that they have. And one of the things that just kept coming up over and over again was information overload and FOMO, fear of missing out. Those were two things that I think about all the time, particularly as a journalist, wanting to always be in the know, wanting to always feel like I'm up to date on the latest. And so we thought, what can we do once again to bring our listeners together as a community, but then also make this a very personalized experience? So the idea was InfoMagical, a week of experiments designed to help you find focus and discover the magic of clear thinking. And the goal was to make information overload disappear. It's a super silly name, InfoMagical. But I really think what we want to do with these projects is make coping with connectivity fun and insightful and purposeful. And it's not about saying technology is bad. It's about thinking how we can make it a tool that works for us best. When InfoMagical first ran in February, more than 25,000 people signed up from at least 10 countries. 
300,000 text messages were sent and participants left over 1,100 voice messages. Even though some of them had chosen the same goals, the interesting aspect is that the goals were generic, but people were able to personalize them to their lifestyle in such way that by the end of the week, they could say whether or not they had reached their goal. You know, the worry I always have as a journalist is that by simplifying things, we lose some of the nuance or we are asking people to do some of the work. You know, what does more creative mean to you? And we try to make it clear to people, you have to do a little work and search deep inside yourself. What does more creative mean to you? Does it mean solving a big problem at work? Does it mean making a special meal for your family because you've just been churning out the spaghetti for weeks now and everybody's a little sick of it? It can be as small or as big as you want it to be. But I think the idea being like, when you think about it, then you'll know when you are more creative or you are more in tune with yourself. It's about getting back into, you know, hence the name of the show, Note to Self, this idea of like, I know when I have reached my goal because it feels this way, sort of setting a bar for yourself. I told Manoush that I had my doubts about my ability to follow through with the five-day experiment, but knowing others were in the same boat and the regular communication with Infomagical helped. If the project had instead given me all five tasks on the first day and asked me to complete a survey at the end about my experience, I probably wouldn't have bothered. It's so funny to hear you say that because that is exactly what happened. So actually day number one, single tasking was the most popular, rated most popular and most effective of our five behavior tweaks. I, I think this is where we see the individual and the crowdsourcing elements of the project really playing beautifully into each other. On the one hand, this is a very personal experience. It's up to you to decide to stick with it, to notice what single tasking feels like, to enjoy the results. On the other hand, if you know that 30,000 other people this week are also trying to single task, there is a camaraderie to that. There's also an idea that you're contributing to semi-scientific research, that you are contributing to the grander story that the podcast is telling. And you can also say, like, this totally did not work for me. We are always refining and looking for feedback. So I think it hits people on multiple levels by doing it together as a group and also it being very, very personal tasks that will only really make changes to you, your life. And you know what's funny is we would come up with these ideas and then we'd talk to researchers and scientists who would say like, oh, in the lab, we call that a probe. We use it to keep our lab subjects sticking with whatever task we've given them or choosing a goal. Actually, neuroscientists call that a schema. And this idea of choosing one sort of topic has been proven to improve retention and synthesis and memory. So I love that, like, we're like, oh, we came up with this cool journalism, digital media idea. And the scientists are like, oh, well, actually, we've been doing that, too. So I love that there's this sort of crossover happening between us and making content and, and a podcast and the research and scientific world. And I think we, we can help each other this way. We can tell them what our audience is thinking about and learning and sort of help them drive their research and they can tell us better ways that they know how the brain works and how the technology can help us or hinder us and we can apply those to our storytelling as well and explain the science. So I, I love that this crossover is happening. And then of course there's the data aspect which is our listeners. They're creating data, they're sharing data, but most importantly they're also sharing their stories which is I think the most powerful thing that we can do on a podcast. By the end of my Infomagical week, I did feel more caught up on the news, but most importantly, I managed not to feel like I had missed out on important news on any given day, and I can now go back to these tips and tactics whenever I start feeling overwhelmed again.
you know, this is the way a lot of the tools are built. They are, we're in an attention economy. This is how you pay for them. You pay for them with your time, with your eyeballs. And so we fall into those traps very, very easily. So I think what we heard from people was, I want to do more. I want to be, uh, they almost were saying like, can you be my life coach? It's not like you can fix it and solve it. And there, boom, we solved the problem of information overload. But what we did was we identified some tactics. And when you are feeling particularly overloaded, you can remind yourself some of those tactics. We want to be a resource. Um, We can't be with you all the time, but we want to give you the empowerment, the tools to be able to make the right choices that feel good for yourself. InfoMagico is now running regularly, so you can register online for the next round if you're feeling curious. In the meantime, how do you cope with information overload? Let us know on Twitter at Journalism News, and thanks for listening to this journalism.co.uk podcast.